Hello everyone and welcome to Daily Newspaper Analysis which is presented to you by Lawseco. So today we have two articles for our discussion. The first article is Apt Judicial Reminder in Era of Overcriminalization. This article has been taken from the Hindu newspaper and talks about the vague and ambiguous definitions or not even having a definition of terror and how this has actually become a problem of overcriminalization in the country. So what overcriminalization is and what problems exist in this direction have been discussed in this article. Also, this article has been written by Faizan Mustafa, who is the Vice Chancellor of Nalsar University of Law, Hyderabad. And let me tell you that he is one of the finest writers when it comes to the legal writing. So definitely we should give this article a read and analysis. The second article is again from the Hindu newspaper, which is titled as Mendy's anti-torture vision is still distant for India. Now this talks about a very nice principle that has recently come up into the forefront that is the Mendy's principle which talks about anti-torture and how investigation can become more friendly and more effective and avoid having or giving any kind of torture to the people. So this newspaper analysis is brought to you by me, uh, is being presented by me. My name is Sheva Khan. I am a BALLB law graduate and had completed my law degree from Uttarantul University in the year 2019. I have been the batch gold medalist and I've been also the national debater and a public speaker throughout my educational career. Here at LawSeco, I'm working as the current affairs expert and manager for free content and outreach. If you wish to connect with me, you can find me out at Twitter as well as LinkedIn handles. The links to both are given in the description box. So let's start a discussion for the first article of the day, which talks about era of overcriminalization. So here, Delhi High Court judgment has come up on defining terrorism. Basically, there has been the debate of misusing of criminal justice system. Let's understand that from the time period of 2015 to 19, that is within these four or five years, 7,840 persons, like for example, approximately 8,000 people were arrested under the UAPA, that is the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act, but only 155 of them were convicted by the trial courts. So can you see that the proportion of people being arrested under the UAP and they being actually convicted by the trial is just not in, you know, uh, in proportion and it is very huge as it, when it comes to the arrest, but very minuscule when it comes to the conviction, which in a way shows that the government or the police officials, in a way, they just try to arrest or suppress the people using the provisions of UAPA and only after the investigation, a very little amount of people or very little or a small number of people are actually convicted. So till the time period of 1994, 67,000 people were detained, but only 725 were convicted in spite of confessions made to police officer being made admissible. So here it was, you know, at that particular time, it was done that even the police confessions, the confessions given to the police were made admissible, which in current situation, if you remember, uh, according to the Indian Evidence Act and also according to the CRPC, the police confessions, as in the confessions made to the police are not admissible evidence in the court. But still, till 1994, 67,000 people were arrested on these grounds, but only 725 were convicted. So you can just simply understand what is the proportion that how is it out of proportion? So the Supreme Court in the case of Kartar Singh in the year 1994 held that the prosecution had unjustifiably invoked TADA 
that was the simple act of terrorism activities act with an oblique motive of depriving the accused person from getting bail so as we know that the provisions under tada were these were non bailable and that is why it was held that knowingly the prosecution had used the provisions of tada so that the person accused could not get bail and similarly the provisions of uapa are also being misused in the current situation so if we understand that what are the most misused pieces of law in the country so it definitely comes to our mind that there are two things first is the uapa that is the unlawful activities prevention act and the second one is sedition under section 124a which we have obviously discussed many times in our previous sessions as well so neither tada not nor uapa defines terror or terrorism now this is one very ambiguous thing that we should consider here that both of these things be it the tada or the uapa directly tada and indirectly uapa it they deal with terror or terrorism or terrorist activities but surprisingly none of them defines as to what do we mean by terror or terrorism and this actually gives the power to the state or the police officials to misuse the entire given provisions in order to interpret the law just the way they want to and thus they have made the entire system so so exhaustive that every now and then in every other activity they include under the definition of terrorism or terrorist activity or terror and thus they inflict or bring into use the provisions of uapa and tada So section 15 of the UAPA merely defines terrorist act in wide and vague words like an act to threaten unity integrity etc no obviously what act are we talking about here has not been defined and thus this leaves the entire definition way too ambiguous and then the supreme court in the case of yakub abdul razak in the year 2013 held that terrorist acts can range from threats to actual assassinations car bombs kidnappings explosions etc and that is why this act of terrorism is a very wide ranged act and thus we should have a clear definition of this in order to avoid any kind of misuse of the law now let's talk about the other judgments that have been taken in its direction So the Supreme Court in Hitendra Vishnu Thakur in 1994 said that what distinguishes terrorism from other forms of violence is the deliberate and systematic use of coercive intimidation. Now coercive intimidation is when we try to intimidate when we try to you know uh, try to uh, we try to push a person through something in a very coercive manner so that this kind of intimidation when you try to make a person scared and so that you know he gets scared to a level that he or she does whatever we want that person to do then the supreme court in the case of ram manohar lohia in 1996 held that law and order represents the largest circle within which is the next circle representing public order and smallest circle represents security of state so that is why all these things have to fall in concentric circles and that is why we need to still you know considering them as one circle still we need to demarcate and delimit them in order to avoid any kind of misuse in the coming times then the supreme court in the case of pucl in 2003 included raising of constitutional principles tearing a part of secular fabric and promotion of prejudice and bigotry under the meaning of terrorism so this clearly shows as to how wide can the understanding and the meaning of terrorism be so creation of a truly just egalitarian 
and non oppressive society would be more than effective in combating terrorism and that is why obviously when we talk about it we say that anything but egalitarian you know we need to have an egalitarian uh, a, a society which is based on unity which is based on equilibrium and equality such is the society that would ultimately help us to bring down down the levels of terrorism on this note let's see that what is the second article of the day which is the anti torture and the mendes principle so as per the writers the indian law remains ambivalent and fails to fully prevent torture and coercion from creeping in now this is a very very you know uh, a harsh reality but something that is very much on the forefront just remember any movie any movie you know hindi bollywood or even tollywood movie whenever the police arrest someone and tries to investigate third degree torture is something that is shown so easily right so this is something which you know has given us so much given taken so much space into our heads that coercion and torture is the simplest way to take out the truth but do you really think that this is actually a human behavior you know to treat a person because see many a times people you know they accuse a person it is not still been proved that this accused is also the one to be convicted and that this person actually committed that offense but meanwhile he or she is in the person in the custody of the police they treated so badly and they are tortured so badly they are coerced so badly that we actually violate all the basic human rights and that is why it is important that we take the investigation on a very you know on a better scale and we try to investigate with proper investigative procedures see even if we use coercion and torture for confession of a person many a times you know so why do we have this thing that the confessions given to the police officers or given to the police is not considered to be an admissible piece of evidence in the court because it has to be taken into account that there might have been a good and fair chance that the person accused confessed to the police just to save himself from any other kind of torture or beating up or you know being tortured in any other physical or mental aspect and that is why the court considers this and says that the confessions if are given to the police shall not be considered to be conclusive piece of evidence because they would have been they might have been given under the situation of pressure and coercion as well and that is why we understand that this is a well established fact and truth that the police officials take the path of torture and coercion to investigate and to take out the confessions from people so on the contrary side we have the mendes principle so let's know that what is actually the mendes principle so it was launched in june 2020 as the principles of effective interviewing for investigations and info gathering and in that is why this actually helps better interviewing better investigation and a more effective gathering of the information that is actually required for the you know reaching out till the conclusion of the case so it is to provide a cohesive blueprint of practical measure to replace torture and con- and coercive interrogation with repo based in interviews reinforced through legal and procedural safeguards at every step so basically there will be legal and procedural safeguards to make sure that torture does not find its way and on any step of the investigation whatsoever and it applies to all the authorities who have the power to detain and question the people so be it the cbi be it the police enforcement directorate etc including the police military and the intelligence 
so it is grounded in the scientific empirical studies like psychology criminal psychology criminology sociology and even the neuroscience establishing that coercive investigation or interrogation is counterproductive see if we try to understand that not all people are easy to break at the hands of torture there are a lot of criminals who are so conditioned already that no matter how badly you beat them up no matter what kind of torture you give them give, give to them they will not give you the right information that you are actually looking for and in this case the psychology comes into place the criminology the sociology the neuroscience of that particular person comes into place a very very good example of you guys this guys i uh, i can give you if at all you have watched the web series special ops in that web series if you remember uh, kk menon who is the you know the head or the you know the entire head of the intelligence over there he goes and you can get a chance to interview kasab so they have shown a person you know who is playing the role of kasab so if you have seen now how much does it you know it actually happened or not this is definitely it could be a fictional thing but still if you understand that when he was trying to fetch out information from that character you know as in you know kasab at that point of time he talked very politely to him in the very beginning this in a way changed the psychology or he in a way in a way he played with the psychology of the criminal and he got to get a lot of information which the predecessors who used to you know torture who used to abuse beat him up they could not get that information because he being kasab was already conditioned to a lot of torture so definitely he was not giving in that easy but when he was treated with you know with love and you know you psychologically and smartly he gave a lot of information to kk menon or the character that he was playing so this is something exactly what they are talking about over here that if we try to use different aspects of science science scientific temperament and also you know logic and legal interpretation so these can play a better role and we can avoid the interrogation to turn counterproductive rather being very productive so if we talk about the prevalence in india so in spite of the prohibition of and safeguards against the third degree torture methods they are normalized in the police practice as i just mentioned so the police officers believe that certain degree of fear and pressure is necessary to compel a suspect to speak the truth it was according to 2019 survey and as i said it is always and always shown in the hindi movies as well and thus constraints inadequate resource political pressure and overburdened legal system the officers conjure the image of a vigilante cop compelled to take matters into their own hands and that is why they choose to get more and more torturous in this regard so if we talk about the indian law in particular section 27 of the indian evidence says it permits the admissibility of statements before the police to the extent that they relate to recovery of the material objects but still please remember that the confessions are still not admissible but only those statements and confessions are admissible that are actually important for recovery of any material objects for the investigation so this was all for the day we hope it was a good session for you all if you like this please give it a thumbs up and you can subscribe to our channels for such more updates to come thank you so much Thank you.